And welcome back to Freight Waves. Now we'll hit our top story as the ILWU in Canada seeing their second their move, their strike moving to a second weekend. And joining us is CNBC as senior editor of Guests as well as maritime um, contributor to Freight Waves, Lorianne LaRocco. Uh, joining us here now, Lori. Thanks so much for taking the time to to uh, join us here. This is obviously a, a tough situation in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, what can you give us as far as the latest? Obviously, we're going on to leading up to the second full week of this strike. Exactly. Good morning, guys. So we are, we're in day 10 of the strike. And uh, I reported on Friday, Willie Adams told me, because um, I've been posing the question, will the West Coast longshoremen for the United States service any of the diverted vessels? And he said no. But the interesting thing here is and I cannot get an answer is that we have already had three vessels uh, diverted. Uh, two have already left port and going to other United States ports. We had one uh, vessel that did divert from Vancouver heading to the port of Seattle over the weekend, and it is going to be serviced. You and I both know when it comes to trade because of safety reasons, uh, the ports nor the longshoremen have the bills of lading. And so we are definitely having uh, vessels um, reassigned to uh, to new ports. Um, in fact, my source have told me pretty much every uh, maritime ocean carrier has uh, has done this. And so the sticking points are still the same. Um, but, you know, you can't be fooled by the rhetoric. Uh, yesterday, what was it, two days ago, the BCMEA uh, came out saying that they were back to the table, you know, discussing with the longshoremen. That's not true. They're physically not at the table talking to each other. They're still going one-on-one with their own mediators. So that really is a telltale sign that they are still far apart. And I did receive that information from government officials. So, you know, you just have to do extra due diligence to see what kind of um, messaging both sides are trying to put out. And Lorianne, going off of that, what the status of where these mediations or meetings are going on, what does that really kind of put the timeline at, at really finding a resolution for all of this? Well, right now, when it comes to the resolution, there really is no no timeline for an ending. When I've been speaking with uh, the, the labor minister's office, they told me that if government intervention did happen, that's really the only thing that you can bank on for a time frame. And so that's here's a time frame for something if this happens. It's going to take about three days for Parliament to get uh, back into, you know, back into Parliament because they're not in session right now. Even with the remote vote. I think we may have lost her there, but obviously a very tough situation uh, in the Pacific Northwest, Anthony. And obviously, you know, they're talking about millions of dollars uh, in freight being diverted. and uh, so that's that's obviously stuff there to go to. Lorianne, we've got you back here now. Um, looking at the, yes, the, just the just yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So it, it's going to take about three days for Parliament to get back in to session, and then you're going to need physical quorum in that building if you do uh, get that quorum. But the government officials do not want to get involved as of right now. Um, you know, it is an election season, so to speak, up there. So they are trying to have this work out. They only stepped in with Montreal because of COVID. You had uh, COVID supplies that were stuck at the port. And that was the only reason I was told that they stepped in. We are having the diversions. And now we have to see what, you know, 
what exactly are the long term going to do? I did put another email into, you know, uh, Willie Adams uh, direct uh, point of contact to see, you know, two other vessels were serviced and you said that you weren't going to service them. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens in the coming days. But we are not, you know, any further or closer to a resolution here. Lorianne, when you look at the situation and, and just the timing of it as well, obviously we had the ILWU and, and the American side come to an agreement, uh, granted after a little bit of a shaky situation, uh, as you had some uh, workers decide not to uh, show up to work at certain points. Um, that obviously didn't happen north of the border here as well. But with the timing of this as well, especially right now at a quote-unquote time where you're seeing possibly the most freight come into the country at that particular moment. Was that perhaps, again, part of the reason that they decided to strike at this particular moment? You know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I did ask when it comes to the, the work, the work slowdowns that we saw um, here in, you know, in the United States, I did ask if they do have um, a return to work, are they going to stipulate that there will be no slowdowns? Uh, I was given a no comment. Mm. Um, but I can tell you from a worker standpoint, with the working of the vessels that were diverted, they're going in and out like regular time. So it's not like the longshoremen here in the United States are slowing down when it comes to, um, you know, the processing of vessels. And Lorianne, of course, this is a full supply chain. So uh, what are going to be some of the impacts that we're seeing, especially on the rail side, as this starts to really pile up here? Well, I'm actually going to get some new rail data, hopefully in, in the next hour or two. So the American Association of Railroads, they release railroad data every Wednesday. Last week when they released their data, you really didn't have the full impact, if you will, of uh, the strike. The data that's coming out on Wednesday will indeed show you that slowdown. And what's fantastic about their data is that it actually breaks it down in terms of what is coming in. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people calling uh, this weekend in terms of the economic impact, if you will. Uh, and, you know, in terms of the amount of trade that flows every day, uh, you know, you've had on the Canadian side, they said the, wa the walkout has impacted $374 million of trade a day. And so we're in our 10th day. So it doesn't take, you know, that much of a, of a rocket scientist to figure out the, the amount of uh, trade that is being impacted. As you have covered this story and, and obviously all the, the ripples and the, uh, the effects of this coming down the supply chain, uh, have you gotten any sense of, and again, if they're not at the negotiating table, any sense of uh, panic or any sense of, hey, we need to get this fixed as soon as possible or are people still saying, you know what, we, we might still have a chance of getting something here. We can remain calm and get through this. The biggest challenge, I spoke to the American Apparel and Footwear Association this morning, um, and they told me that the strike is definitely infecting, especially those who are in e-commerce. Uh, he said the interesting thing was, it's in terms of the challenge now is, where are you going to get your goods that are stuck on those vessels? And I, I've been checking the vessels at port. Um, over in Vancouver, there are at least 10 there that have not moved. So what are you going to do with those, you know, containers that are stuck there? And more importantly, if you are able to divert your containers, there are extra costs involved. And so I already have the National Retail Federation saying that this is going to impact inflation. You have the AAFA also saying that it's going to impact inflation. The Canadian government is also warning about inflation. And so 
Um, you and I both know, based on what happened with COVID, there are lingering effects with these strikes. These strikes are, you can pretty much equate now to the slowdown that we saw with COVID. And so when you look at the inflationary pressures based on the flow of trade with the history, you're going to be seeing an inflationary impact come this fall. And that's a time when, you know, you or I are going to be holiday shopping and things like that. But everybody is saying now, because we're in our 10th day, this is indeed affecting the supply chain, both for Canada and here in the United States. Definitely some more headwinds mounting into the second half of the year. Lori Ann, thanks so much for joining us this morning. And we'll also be following up with you as the story develops. Thanks for having me. Lorraine LaRocco, a maritime contributor uh, for FreightWaves.com and also a uh, senior guest editor there at CNBC as well. Let's move on. We've got our next carrier update coming up next at the wall. 